Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is a special bonus episode of Hex Positive. I'm your host, Brina Garen, and today we are hopping in the Wayback Machine to visit an old friend. Well, not so old, but old enough that we've known each other for most of our lives. And despite being separated by time and a good deal of distance, our lives have wound up taking remarkably similar paths. It's actually a little eerie. So today I'd like to extend a warm greeting to my oldest friend and the owner and proprietor of the Azalea House of Healing, Jay McGrainer. Welcome, Jay. Hi, good to be here. Hi, I missed you. It's good to have I you. I missed show. you. This is wonderful. We haven't actually seen each other in like a few years. So this yeah. this is going to be, I think, as much catching up as it is, you know, talking about witchy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are in for a treat. This this woman has known me literally since I was what, 11, 12 years old. When I say we're old we, friends, we yeah. are old friends yeah seven like seventh grade, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Seventh, when yeah. when we were both living in bucks county yeah and we were we were inseparable oh, for a few like, years it was it was yeah. weird yeah like where you saw one there would be the well, other we we had a lot in common yeah like a lot a lot in common mm-hmm. so yeah and we did freaking everything together like every chance we got all those walks in the woods whether it was raining or not mm-hmm. Has- hashtag hustle our asses <laughs> the, the laundry list of nicknames all the fan fiction ghost hunting oh in God. our houses oh the mad libs and the x-files and the ace of base and savage garden oh all the freaking in jokes I'm oh totally going to tell myself here that I totally have Ace of Base and Savage Garden on my iTunes on my phone right now. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I love you. Yes. See, see, even after all this time. Right? I mean, the, that, back then, that wasn't exactly good years for either of us in terms of like life circumstances. But you and me, that was always good times. Mm-hmm. I don't think that yeah. we... We, we had like a bit of a falling out that was due to other stuff. But, you know, when you Teenage and I had drama, oh, my God, <laughs> so much drama. But, you know, when it was just you and me, that was always good times. We yeah. never had a problem. Yeah. There's all those yeah. other people getting all people-y. Oh, people being people. 
Ew. Right? right? So, yeah. Freaking 90s middle school drama. It was oh. some. <laughs> this was like just like I did like the early, early days and like a little bit pre internet. So, you mm-hmm. know, we had to make our own fun. Yeah. Yeah. The people and by were fun, still I doing torture in gym class. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, like I was saying, uh, we have, you know, kind of gone our separate ways with regards to like where we live and what we're doing. And, you know, we've we've still kind of managed to end up like in very similar places as to, uh, you know, where we are as people, you know, where our philosophies have ended up and uh, sort of the, the the line of work that we have found ourselves in. Uh, with regard to where we feel like we're kind of doing the most good. Um, You brought up an interesting point when we were chatting through the InstaGerms the other day. Uh, Both of us kind of felt like we had a better idea of who we were back when we were teenagers than we did as we entered adulthoods. And I agree, like we were on to something, but then like other people's expectations got in the way and it took us a few years to kind of come back around to ourselves again. I don't know if that's something that most young people experience, but just don't articulate, but it was certainly true for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think if uh, if we had continued down the path we were on, we would have come to ourselves a lot sooner, but things got in the way. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I just want to touch on, too, I do think that it is a relatively common experience for young people. Maybe Maybe not, you know, as early as we feel like we did, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think both of us, again, due to certain situations, we're kind of forced to grow up a little more quickly than a lot of our peers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we kind of, I think, hit that point of like, hey, th- I'm comfortable with who I am. And then, you know, you hit young adulthood. I think for most people that tends to happen in college that they kind of feel like they know who they are. And then they get thrown out into the real world and they were like, oh, shit, I don't know who I am anymore. I knew who I was back in college. So I think for us it hitting in like middle school, high school makes sense. And then we kind of got thrown into the real world around that time anyway. And we're like, Oh wait, you know, no, I don't think I do anymore. <laughs> um, exactly. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's uncommon, but you know, I think, I think it definitely differs from person to person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, I, I think, I think a lot of people have that moment of, you know, hey, you know, I knew who I was. I feel like I've known who I was my whole life or at least in in the bubble where I was living. And now I'm in this much bigger pond and suddenly I don't know what to do anymore. Right, right. Absolutely. And you have to grow into it. But then once mm-hmm. you grow into it, it's like, oh, wait, no, I'm still the same person. Mm-hmm. I've just, you know, made some improvements and now well, I'm a bigger fish. Yep. Or even, you know, comparatively it's, it's almost like everyone kind of goes through, uh, like an Amish rumspringer. Yeah. Where, where, and, and I mean, you know, like, like a, an extremely high percentage of Amish who go through their rumspringer come back to the Amish community. And I think it's, it is, it's that sudden feeling of like, you know, I, I get wanting to know what else is out there, but then you see what's out there and you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go back to where things make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And, you know, come to think of it, 
uh, seeing, you know, where we've ended up and like where we, we came from, I think the first time that I ever like laid eyes on a book about witchcraft was at your house when we were kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So I, uh, I was fortunate enough, my, my familial situation, it's, you know, I'll give the, the TLDR version. Um, I, I grew up with a lot of uh, parents and parental types. Um, my, my mother and her partners uh, came from like a very artsy kind of background. So it was a very eclectic kind of upbringing. Um, and a lot of it's it's interesting because as much as I think we during our growing up are like, I'm not going to be like my parents. You know, you get to the ripe old age of which I am now. And um, you kind of look back, you're like, oh, wow, I did really go the route of my parents. But yeah, so one of my um, one of my mom's exes was dating someone who was witchy and had given me uh, had given me the book Notions and Potions. And I, I'm kicking myself because I can't remember the the author. Um, I think it was a Susan Susan somebody, but uh, Notions and Potions was the book, and I just I read it over and over and over. <laughs> and I I remember wanting to share it with you. I remember I think we we scheduled a sleepover or you know I don't know something. You were you were coming over, and I was like I have to show you this, <laughs> and it was so exciting. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember that. I remember <laughs> I remember also cuz I was still firmly in like the 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 good girl who went to church uh mm-hmm. that that whole thing. Um I was still like firmly entrenched in that. So this was just very like, oh, no, I can't read that. It's bad. <laughs> and you know, here here I am mm-hmm. <laughs> years later. And it's like, nope, nope, this is my life now. <laughs> That's well, and I mean, I I definitely had a lot of that too. I mean, I know you were raised uh, very Protestant, Christian. yeah, yes. and and I was raised Catholic, and same thing. So that Catholic guilt guilt is a real thing, Oof. and yeah, there's so there's definitely an iota of that. Like, oh my God, this is a bad book. But see, the thing about growing up Catholic is at least I could be like, oh, I'll just confess it later, and I won't go to hell for it. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can buy our way out of hell, you know? Yeah, like, just telling what we did. <laughs> Now, there so. if only there was something like that in the in the in the Methodist church, I think I would have been a lot less confused and a lot more comfortable with, you know, reading things. Because, I mean, when I yeah. was when I was real, real little, I just read like whatever the hell I could get my hands on. But, oh yeah, you know, when we were when we were that age, you know, it was the late 90s. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when Charmed and like Buffy and uh, the craft and Practical Magic were coming yep. out. So it was really like the heyday of uh, of witchcraft kind of blossoming into the public sphere and popular media in a positive way, mm-hmm. um, like for the first time in our lives, because it was like, you know, the, the tail end, the last gasp of the satanic panic was kind of starting to ebb. Right, and right. It was safe enough to talk about witchcraft at all that, you know it could be brought up in conversation that books could be on shelves. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure they'd been there since the eighties, but like now people were starting to pick them up again and read them openly again. And it wasn't seen as this horrible, horrible thing anymore. I mean, depending on where you live, but. Right. Right. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, especially as, as kids of the eighties, 
Um, I know the term new age kind of has like various meanings, um, but ultimately like we were kind of at that forefront of the, the nineties new age movement that, um, that, yeah, like like you said, new new age kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, And yeah, like you said, it was like things like wearing crystals and stuff became more socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then ultimately wearing pentacles. I remember like going actually to the bank with my mother when you actually remember, y'all remember when you could go inside the bank (laughs) Oh my God, that went back <laughs> insides. Right? <laughs> um, I remember going into the bank with my mother and uh, I think I was like 13, maybe 14 years old. Um, and I still wasn't like, I, w- I was definitely into the witchcraft thing. I wasn't like fully out about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the teller that we went to was wearing a pentacle and I remember like just looking up and seeing it and just being shocked, like like thoroughly shocked mm-hmm. that she was wearing this in public and at work and at a conservative work. It's a bank. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a big deal like, back then. Right. And my heart was pounding. And I like I, I remember wanting to like act in solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't wearing I wasn't wearing my pentacle. I don't even think I I owned a pentacle necklace at that point yet. But as we were about to leave, I remember saying to her, I just kind of caught her eye and I was like, I really like your necklace and kind of just smiling. And she just smiled back and she was like, thank you. And it was kind of that first like, like woman to woman intuition moment where it was like, yeah, okay, you're cool. You're family. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's, um, oh, look, you're one too. Right. And, and now, Mm -hmm. I mean, even even now I I do, I live in Oklahoma city, which is, I mean, the city is diversity, but you go 15 minutes outside of OKC in any direction and you know, it's, it's roll them up, (laughs) (laughs) roll them up. They're going to smell the leftism on me. (laughs) Um, But um, So uh, yeah, (laughs) but like even around here, like as open as it is to see people um, like wearing, wearing, jewelry of alternate faiths and and having bumper stickers that you know the, the coexist bumper sticker and mm-hmm. and um and I will say especially because so I've been out here about 10 yeah 10 years now and the last like four or five years especially there has been this incredible like like Oklahoma City is kindly catching up to the new age movement <laughs> of the 90s maybe um because there's like a bunch of spirit fairs out here now. And again, like, you know, my, my shop is very like alternate faith, alternate lifestyle promoting. Um, and that's become like a really big deal out here, which has been kind of incredible to kind of see again. It is, so, so maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe we've kind of cycled back to the, the question of knowing more who we were as teenagers. Um, because I kind of feel like I'm reliving that, uh, that pagan Renaissance again, a little bit out here. I do too. I mean, I remember when we used to, uh, you know, be able to go to New Hope like once in a blue freaking moon, because mm-hmm. uh, you know we we didn't have cars until like right. college. It it took us forever. We had to have our parents drive us everywhere. You know, we 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 grew up without money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like the few times that we were able to get there and just like going into the 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 witchy shops that were there and just feeling at any second, like someone was going to catch us, but it's like, nobody's mm-hmm. stopping me. 
Right. And, <laughs> yeah. And it was just the coolest damn feeling. And I remember uh, back then during those years, just being like, man, in, in a, a surprisingly, I think, mature thought for a teenager, uh, thinking, I wish I could be experiencing this as an adult. I wish that I could be experiencing this time as someone who mm -hmm. actually has the, the, the time and the money and the capability to like freely move around in these circles and experience this this uh this this new thought collective and these right. new philosophies and all these new activities and groups and everything as an independent person and lucky us you know right 1998 <laughs> came back around in our 30s <laughs> and i'm i'm real happy about it boy howdy um real same yeah, so now there's there's all these new books and there's just this new flush of witchy and pagan media and it's really exciting to see. Speaking of pagan media, oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember Mystic Magazine? Yes. Oh my <laughs> god. I heard the embarrassed pause. Oh there my god. It, no, no, I no, let me tell girl, I am, I, hey, I, I am so far beyond the shame of, of ever being a baby witch. No, that was fondness. That was absolute, like, my heart just, like, started glowing when you mentioned that. Because, again, you know, like... I mean, like, like anyone with trauma, you know, my, my memories of that whole time period of my life are very, very spotty and very shoddy. Same. And so sometimes, so, so like, there's just chunks that I just don't ever think about. And mm -hmm. the, you know, and then that's a protective mechanism, of course. But the sad thing is I, I miss memories like that. But then you said that and that was just, okay. So like, can I explain for your, for your listeners? Oh my God. Yes. Go for okay. it. Okay. So, yeah, back in middle school, um, Brie and I created a magazine that, like, we, I think, what is it, we, we alternated issues? Yeah. Yeah, like, yes. I put an issue out, and then you, it, so it wasn't collaborative. Um, Not exactly, just, but yeah, we, it was, we kind of worked on it together. Like, you started with, like, this two-page little, like, Yeah, like a newsletter. Like a, it was, like, a dot matrix Printer, oh, that computer that we had. Oh my god, yes. Print things for our for our younger listeners. Being able to print things used to be a really big deal. Like you used to have to pay by the page to do it in a uh -huh. public library, and if you had to print something at home, you got it right the first try, or that was it. Because printer ink was so damn expensive. Oh my god. And it took. And, and you had to wait. Yeah. I was just oh yeah. And it like, took like five minutes to print something? the page. Yeah, and it was more than one page, like, go make yourself a sandwich. Yep. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and come back, unless you have one of those real testy printers that, like, isn't going to fold the paper. Oh, and the paper was all connected. Oh, God. Like, you yeah. had to rip that shit apart yourself. It was mm -hmm. manual labor. Oh. <laughs> you had to load the paper on the reel and twist it. Oh, my God. And God help you if you hadn't spaced something right. Oh. So it got caught in the fold. Oh, and then We're everything sure slanted on the page. Mm -hmm. Dude, mm -hmm. teachers took off for that too. Oh, it was the worst. But um, yes, like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Even though we had like next to no knowledge about witchcraft, um, we were really into the X Files. We were really into paranormal stuff. So we had this little zine, and it started out with ghosty things and kind of branched out. Mm -hmm. 
so you did a lot of the writing on the first few issues and i remember that the the third issue was when it was actually mystic magazine that's right yeah like i said i think it it started off as i was just going to do like so we um so we, it was it was based on it, okay the first one as I recall was based on you'd come over for like the weekend or your sleepover, and we did some ghosty stuff because I lived on that creepy old property. Oh yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we were we went looking for ghosts, and uh, so I I grew up on uh, it was seven acres of wooded land, mm-hmm. and there had been a fire in the house that had been built there previously. So it was it was a neat property for two young budding witches <laughs> to to play around on um so that's right i i typed that up after you left yeah, yeah it was a sleepover you left sunday and then i typed up what we'd done and just kind of like it was like a report it was like i don't know it was like practicing my journalism <laughs> at, yes. at yes. 12 like this is what we did these were mm-hmm. this is what we found that was ghosty um this is what the we plan to do for the future yeah. <laughs> it was you know. great it was it was it was pretty cheesy but uh but I mean that's what being a baby witch is about I I am so about like no embrace your cliches Mm -hmm. you know there's no such thing as being basic there's just things you like yeah and I mean we were were so enthusiastic about it Mm -hmm. well I want to say too like even like so much of that I feel was intuitive Mm -hmm. like yeah I think a lot of it most you know yeah we were kind of spitballing on a lot of it, like, so you know, much. or like, but how much of that was making up stories? I mean, cause that was also our thing. We wrote a lot. I mean, we wrote a lot. Voraciously. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like actually the switch from going from reading voraciously to writing voraciously for me. Yep. So, yep. Um, but uh, so I think a lot of it was, that creative outlet too of us just you know, I know a lot of like the ghost stories that I printed in in my issues that I did were just things that came out of my head mm-hmm. um or we posted we had this whole section of people writing in that were just fake people oh my god yes. <laughs> it's like it was like the equivalent of of what's the what's the like puppet like accounts yes we had dear abby with like puppet accounts with, with puppet accounts but 90s puppet accounts was just this is a name I made up and typed in the computer uh-huh. Like, because there was no internet. <laughs> oh my god! And the silly thing was, there was no one to write in because you and I were the only ones who ever read this. Thing. And that's the thing. I'm like, but it was, but it was for us. Like, there was, was only ever two copies of any given issue. Yep. Oh my god, dude! If we if we are if we get famous, like, do you know how much those would be freaking worth? <laughs> I don't think I even have mine anymore. I I don't know. See. My mom keeps telling me that I have to come home and get like a bunch of boxes of my old stuff. And I, I, fe- I really want to, she's like, should I throw these out? And I'm like, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> because well, I, now. Right. And I'm pretty sure there's, there's some copies in there. Cause I saved all of mine, mm-hmm. even, even after like the hard times and then the harder times and then the not talking times, I saved yeah. those like all of them. Um, because they were so important to me. And it was such a cool thing that we did. And, and, and I wanted to, to kind of circle back real quick too. Like I kind of love that we, we almost never, like I know when, cause we, we wrote, uh, we wrote X-Files fan scripts and we talked about, I'm oh um, outing us. <laughs> they were so cringy. 
<laughs> yeah. Fun. But but that's the thing. I mean, well, that's the thing. And well, and with those, I know we talked about like, oh, maybe like we could send these into Chris Carter. We could get on the X Files. They'll take our scripts. But like with mm-hmm. Mystic Magazine, it it was never a thing. Like it was so pure. Like we were never doing it for anyone else. There was never even the thought of, hey, we could like publish a witchy magazine. It was literally just, and I mean, ironically, like we probably could have done something with that. <laughs> Well, eventually things are a thing right you know and like you know but it but that's that was the beauty of it though is that it was so we knew who it was for and it was mm-hmm. just for us so it didn't matter what parts were fiction and what parts were imagination what parts were based on actual lore or witchcraft history or anything because it was that was that was essentially the start of us building our craft it was which yeah. is which is is like sacred now that i'm thinking about it yeah yeah and it was it was us also in a way um just like processing some of the stuff that we were going through and making it funny mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, like, hey we're we're living in these creepy houses and like weird crap happens and there's mm-hmm. you know weird awful things going on with our families which we we won't get into but you know it's like but you know we have this one thing that's just ours that no one else gets to gets to touch or see or mess with and we can do whatever we want there we have all the power we have all the control all the creative control and i i just remember i used to just stack those up on my bed and read them just over and over me too they were so much fun in order yeah and it was like I know that we wrote this I know this is just us but there's this sort of like small like this really small sphere fantasy world that Mm -hmm. exists where where this exists and this is an actual like serious publication between just us two and that's what made it so much fun is like you know this this is stuff that we do for fun, but in a way we're taking it seriously because this is how we feel. And, you know, like you said, that was the start of us trying to parse like what we believed in Mm -hmm. and how we viewed the world uh, as it related to, you know, magical stuff and, and, and paranormal stuff. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss those days. I don't, I don't miss everything I mean, that happened, right, there, but I right. miss this. <laughs> right. Uh, we, we probably could do Mystic Magazine these days and it would be, I was it would be say, a hit. Girl, I had an idea. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, after 25 years, <laughs> we are halfway across the country from each other. We're still doing it. Still scheming. Still scheming. Stay scheming. Always. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, though, I think it would be super fun uh, to see if we could find the old ones or uh, or try and update it or even just to, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like spitball about it. That would be fun. I actually found out um, there was an old publication called Mystic Magazine in like the 50s. Oh, seriously? Seriously. Oh um, my God. It was like a handful of issues and it was one of those speculative fiction magazines, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got rolled up into like not weird tales, but like one of the ones that was like that. 
So, okay. Yeah. We outstripped them though. We had 13 issues. <laughs> they yeah, didn't even did. 10. So like it's oh, our. All right. <laughs> well, I was going to say, then you know what? That's then, then if this ever comes to litigation, we'll be like, I'm sorry. We, we you know, we have longevity on our side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I, I do kind of wish that I like had those old things. I mean, mm -hmm. I, a lot of stuff kind of got discarded like yeah. when I moved and unfortunately like all my old notebooks were in that box. Yeah. Oh, no. I have a feeling that's where my copies were. Gotcha. But, yeah. Well, I guess I, next time I'm, I'm back in PA, I have to, I have to check in with mom and, and check in that box. Cause I know I had some stuff at my mother-in-law's too, that didn't survive a flood. Oof, yeah. And I lost, I lost several books that Oof. way. Yeah. My heart still isn't over it, but, um, was we years still ago cry now. over the library of Alexandria. So oh, I understand. Yeah. But, um, but no, if the old issues are gone, it just means we'll have to make new ones. I mean, you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. And well, and for a while, interestingly enough, you know, because, you know, things come full circle. I was actually writing a, um, a monthly coven newsletter for, uh, for my coven, <laughs> oh, um, that actually had, <laughs> yep, that actually had a pretty because I I offered it to um to the pagan community of Oklahoma City at large. I was like, if anyone wants to, I was like, you know, this is this is primarily for our coven, which is the Court of Light and Shadows in Oklahoma nice. City. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's gonna you know it's gonna detail what we do, but that was also part of the appeal to it is I wanted other people who weren't in the coven to read it so that maybe they could see me being like, "Hey, yeah, we did this cool coven hike where we went to Lake Thunderbird and you know did like spontaneous rituals and we all found a staff <laughs> and be like, "Oh, that's cool. I kind of want to join up with that and so we could actually grow our membership. That's a really good idea. Thank you well it's i'm it's on hiatus right now because um reasons because <laughs> of Things. reasons because of reasons um but i'd like to coming up this next year i want to actually get back to that it's probably not going to be monthly anymore um because a lot of this year a lot of my witchcraft this year has been okay let's let's pare down what you want to do from what you can do mm -hmm. <laughs> uh logistically without driving yourself crazy so um <laughs> you know um so as, as a small business owner uh, and a co-owner, co-operator of a coven, um, yeah. So it'll probably be like a quarterly newsletter going forward, but I do want to get back to that. But it's funny that, yeah, I kind of got my start with, with Mystic Magazine and then, then did the Court of Light and Shadow newsletter. Aw, there you go. See, it, we both came full circle. You are writing or, or have written this amazing newsletter, and I threw out a couple of books. They, yep. Yeah, and we started with this tiny little two-person newsletter. That is <laughs> so, <it>. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we'll be back with more Hex Positive after this brief sponsored break. This episode is brought to you in part by the Azalea House of Healing. In the Victorian flower language, the azalea represents the message, take care of yourself. And at Azalea House of Healing, you'll find all kinds of resources and services to help you do just that. 
From the moment you walk through the door, you'll experience a warm, welcoming environment that seeks to promote a holistic view of wellness, treating the body and the mind together. Treat yourself to a therapeutic massage with add-ons like hot stones or a salt scrub for tired hands and feet, or limber up with some yoga. While you're there, you can also sit for Reiki healing, guided meditation, or an intuitive tarot reading. And if you need someone to talk to, Azalea House also has an experienced licensed counselor on staff. For safety during these trying times, Azalea House currently offers in-house services by appointment at their clinic in War Acres, Oklahoma, as well as a wide range of online services for those who feel safer staying at home. Visit their website, azaleahealing.com, to check out everything that's available or to schedule your session. Azalea House of Healing. Take care of yourself. Seek illumination, the way a man with his head on fire seeks water. That's the ethos behind Head on Fire, a new podcast featuring deep dive conversations with experts in interesting, often overlooked fields. It's a search for meaning and answers to life's biggest and smallest questions. Join me, author and host Don Martin, every other week as we discuss anything from climate change and reproductive justice to the cultural importance of reality television or the value of believing in monsters. Head on Fire, every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download shows. This episode is brought to you by Portland Button Works. Do you like buttons? Of course you do. Have you ever had a great idea for one, but just been like, darn it, if only I had the resources and equipment? Well, fret no more. Portland Buttonworks is just what you need. Portland Buttonworks creates custom pinback buttons in four different sizes, plus magnets, hand mirrors, and bottle openers. Download their templates and create your own designs, or use their Design-O-Matic for quick formatting. You can order just a few custom items for yourself or as gifts, or order in bulk for merch, table sales, or your own shop. And they are quick! The turnaround time for properly formatted submissions is one to three business days for most orders under 1,000 pieces. That is lightning fast! I've been getting buttons from Portland Button Works for years, and their quality is always top of the line. Ever wonder where the hex-positive buttons came from? Well, now you know. And once you're done making your buttons, make sure you visit the PBW Witch Shop for a thoughtfully curated selection of witchcraft, magic, and occult-related zines. They've got books, buttons, tarot cards, and more. The collection has a refreshing emphasis on magic that relates to traditional and folkloric witchcraft, chaos magic, secular witchcraft, magical plants and herbs, queer witchcraft, politics and social justice witchcraft, and other non-Wiccan magic. There's a good chance they have exactly what you're looking for. Visit the main Buttonworks at portlandbuttonworks.com and check out the Witch Shop and Zine Distro at pbwwitchshop.com. Help support small business and get your buttons from Portland Buttonworks. Fighting fascism one button at a time since 2012. 
Since we're all heartily fed up with Amazon right about now, I've decided to open a small online witch shop on my WordPress. You can pick up copies of Grove Daughter Witchery, The Sisters Grimoire, and Pestlework, or shop for witchy goodies like banishing powder, witch web kits, and witchy buttons. You might even get a special surprise or two with your order. Go to brainagarin.wordpress.com slash shop to place your order today. And now, back to the show. So, we were already kind of on the path to witchy stuff, like, in our teens, like we said. Oh, the, definitely. The curiosity and the interest was totally there. But we just didn't have the freedom or the resources to explore it properly. And then life intervened, as life does you with know. school and everything. I heard a kitty. Yep, that's, that's Leoden, my, my little gray lady. Aw, hello, sweet kitty. So, uh, yes, life intervenes, school and everything. And we kind of grew apart, as people do, and we we took Mm -hmm. our own paths. But somehow, completely independent of each other, we both came back around to the witchcraft. Yep. (laughs) So I know how I got into this mess. But how how did you, as it were, finally get into the weeds? Oh, okay. So, um, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do like a, just the facts, ma'am, on this list here, oh, uh, just kind of timeline it. Cause there's, <laughs> there's a lot of steps. There are so many steps. So, um, so again, uh, I started off being raised Catholic, kind of got interested in the witchcraft, witchy stuff, which interestingly, my mother was okay with. So long as I kept going to church, which, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. And she, she was kind of coming from her own place of, of her spirituality. Um, but when I went to college, I pretty much said, I was like, well, I'm never stepping foot in the Catholic church again. <laughs> um, and I didn't. So that's in college, my first year of college or so, um, I met a couple other witchy friends, but I didn't really follow anything spiritually at all. I was kind of just nothing for a little while. Um, and then I, I kind of got a little bit more into the witchy stuff. I, I actually started calling myself Wiccan um, kind of later in college uh, and fell in with some other kind of witchy people. Um, hung out with a coven out in Pennsylvania for a little while. Um, But I don't know. It just, it never seemed, there was something about it. I don't want to say that never seemed to really click the way that it started to when I was younger. Um, I feel like. (sighs) It's like it was, it was right, but there was something that wasn't quite there yet yes it was that and I think there was also um just a bit of that societal pressure to kind of like look normal and be normal um there that might have also kind of been coming out of the trauma of not being normal in our teen years and being boy howdy (laughs) call um, being called out for it being picked on for it Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure that some of that carried over even into my 20s of wanting to look, you know, 
pass, <laughs> wanting to look normal passing. <laughs> um, so passing for mundane, right? Yeah. Well, and I think I and I will say I I very much craved a deep like spirituality. Uh, one of the things that I remember um, my mother saying one time was the joy, the absolute joy that she feels when she um, partakes of the Eucharist in the Catholic Mass, when she partakes of um, the communion, right? And I remember when she told me that, that I felt, I was like, I don't feel that shit. (laughs) And, but ever since she kind of put that idea into my head, I really craved something like that. And I don't know if it just was the books that I was reading weren't really doing it for me. The book, I have the books about, about witchcraft and, and, but that's the thing as I really craved the spirituality of, of like a faith. Um, and I don't, I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you right now, which, what I was reading back then, but none of it, I mean, it was, it was neat, but none of it was what I was truly looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, in the interim <laughs> between uh, between then and and kind of now kind of really rediscovering my my witchy self and uh, witchy faith out here in Oklahoma, um, I dabbled in everything from uh, Islam, <laughs> uh, Buddhism, uh, um, Hinduism. Um, oh, I know there were more <laughs> atheism straight up. Well, maybe I'll just not believe in anything. Uh, just kind of looking for one thing that like fit me perfectly. And I always felt like I would know it as soon as I, as I saw it, that I would feel like, you know, oh, this is, this is the religion for me. This is the faith for me. This is what I concur with this is what I can abide in and I'd get excited about learning about a new faith because it would start to kind of have that effect of like oh this is I'm, I'm liking this I'm liking what I'm sounding or what I'm hearing um this sounds like it could be for me and then inevitably I'd butt up against something some either you know like fundamental dogma or structure or belief in within that system that I would either completely disagree with and be like, no, I don't think that's true at all. Or be like, well, I mean, I can see how you got there, but I don't think that's necessarily important. And am I a bad X if I don't practice Y? Um, so that was, that was very frustrating for about a decade. It was, it was kind of this cycle of frustration where I would, you know, try to do something to engage my spirituality because I was craving that. And then feeling disappointed when nothing fit. And then I had, I think it was, um, I don't know, I had a, it was actually a teacher in college, my, my senior year in college, who kind of put this idea in my head. And then same thing, like, you know how you'll hear something and then like, remember it 10 years later and be like, oh, duh, wow, I was dumb 10 years ago. I should have gotten this then. Oh my God, um, yes. <laughs> But uh, so I had a, uh, I took a comparative religions course in my senior year in college and the professor introduced herself and she said, I am uh, an Episcopal Buddhist. 
And I was like, oh, that's neat. Okay. And then, and then I, I didn't even like, I didn't think about that again. It's like it it went into my brain and filed itself somewhere. (laughs) And I lost track of that thought. And then being out here in Oklahoma, um, I actually went to, uh, was it, I think it was, uh, I was at a pagan pride day. I found out that they, they, there was a pagan pride day out here. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. I'm going to go to that. Nice. And right. And I actually met someone there who was a Christian witch. And mm-hmm. I was like, you got to tell me all about that because those two things are completely opposite ends of the spectrum in my head. And she was like, well, you know, I, so I grew up Christian. I love the teachings of Jesus Christ. I think that's a good way to live. I think what he said was very important and still meaningful, <laughs> but I also practice magic. And that's what I kind of like, it, it was like, that's where the thread kind of terminated from that first thought of back in college where my professor introduced herself as an Episcopal Buddhist, that it like struck me. I was like, oh my God, you can blend. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's well. I was dumb ten years ago, <laughs> oh, and, and it's it's not even so much being dumb as just if it's if the idea is not introduced to you, mm-hmm. you know, you may not come up with it on your own. No, I, I and I do agree, um, but yeah, and uh, giving you know, giving the fact that I'm also polyamorous, apparently blending is just the way that I need to go. So, <laughs> but yeah, so from there. Um, I started really reaching out to a lot more like witchy places in the area. I spent some time with a coven out here, realized that wasn't really for me, kind of thought for a while that covens weren't my thing. And, you know, (laughs) we'll get back to that. Um, But started kind of um, at least a little bit more of a solitary practice. Um, During that time, I also did start, you know, I never stopped kind of seeking out other things too. So I did start attending services at, um, a Chan Buddhist monastery out here in Oklahoma City. It's Buddha Mind Monastery. If you ever get the chance to go, anyone who might be listening to this, it's incredible. I mean, they're closed right now due to circumstances, but um, their services are beautiful and just um, just really lovely. And then they always host this huge vegetarian lunch afterwards that you can just have like for free. You don't even have to be a member. Um, so they're, there's, there's, they're so giving and, and that, that's really, I think when I started studying Buddhism, it actually helped encourage deeper study and rekindling of my paganism because the more I studied Buddhism, the more I was like, I really do like a lot of this and I want to blend this with things that I, that I am already practicing. Um, so that's why actually my, my email is Mahayana Witch, because Mahayana is the type of Buddhism um, that I follow, which is basically I'm trying to enter nirvana, but I want everyone else to enter nirvana too. I want to help people. So Nice. So you have come to be a sort of, sort of pagan-y witch, but you've also blended Buddhist philosophy with that. Yes. That's neat. Thank you. I mean, yeah. And again, like the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, even, even certain things that I think about, like when I, when I write rituals or write spells, I know that in some way, certain times, like I will draw string from even, you know, my, my 
being raised as Catholic. Like there's elements sometimes of the same like level of ritual that goes into the spells that I do sometimes. Not always, I tend to be more spontaneous, but it's, you know, and I don't know, I think, again, when I talk about blending, I like learning new things. I like trying to find, you know, what each philosophy says and really just weaving my own kind of spiritual tapestry here. Well, I mean, that's, that is a thing that people are doing a lot more of these days because uh, there's, there's so much out there Mm -hmm. to explore and to discover. And like you, you know, not everyone is going to find a fit with one particular faith or one particular tradition. You may have to draw some ideas from other places. You may have to do Mm -hmm. a little blending. And as long as you're not appropriating inappropriately exactly why not learn everything that you can learn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so do you have a particular focus in your craft any uh particular skill that you specialize in um well as far as to my focus um my kind of i kind of have this compartmentalization of like my primary focus for for me and then um kind of the focus that is for the coven um at the end of the day I pretty primarily consider myself a forest witch um I love nature I love working with nature again I love like very spontaneous spells um I'm all about forest bathing and I think because of how, and I've always been that way, even as a, as a child, I really loved going out into the woods and I just always remember it, it just made me feel good to be mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I, I remember those walks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, oh, like, yeah. we've got to go in the woods and think about this for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Anytime it was like rainy or something, we would just like, we would go into the woods. We probably mm-hmm. went on someone else's property, but Yeah. And I remember both of us just being very at peace and very just sort Mm -hmm. of, "Ah," you know, nothing else, nothing else matters right now. Nothing else can bother me except Mm -hmm. for the time period we have to get home in. Um, But it was just like, yes, out here, everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not at all about you. (laughs) So, yeah, so definitely that. And I think with, with that love of nature that I've kind of always had, um, is really what started me kind of on the natural healing path that I'm on. Um, so, uh, in, you know, in my working life, as well as in my spiritual life, it's nice to kind of have this marriage of the two. And I really think ultimately at the end of the day, that's what I was craving. Um, because when I was kind of going through searching for all of these different spiritual paths, like looking for the one TM, there was always a compartmentalization of this is my working life, which is going to work and doing the things that I do to make money versus this is my spiritual life, which is what I'm trying to do to like further my soul. And I don't know, elevate myself as a spiritual person. So, I mean, and, and I mean, I know it's, it's, I know that I'm speaking from a very big place of privilege to be able to, to have done this, I have incredible business partners who helped make this dream a reality, but that is ultimately 
been kind of, I think, the most rewarding, <laughs> well, certainly one of the most rewarding things that's happened here in this year. Um, I feel like I'm rambling. That's okay. Rambling is perfectly acceptable. So what, what you're referring to is that you run this amazing clinic called uh, the Azalea House of Healing. Do you want to yes. uh, talk about how that got started? Sure. Um, okay. So about, um, God, like 13 years ago now, before I moved out to Oklahoma, I went back to school for massage because um, it was always something that I was interested in. Uh, I grew up with a parent who did massage kind of when, and interestingly enough, massage uh, was kind of making a huge comeback in the same time period as the whole new age comeback, because it very much rides, I think, on the coattails of it, because kind of anytime someone is getting into or, or groups of people are getting into alternate spirituality, I think they're also looking at different ways of healing and different methods of maintaining health. Um so I grew up with massage as a big part of my growing up. Um, and I always remember how good that made me feel. And I was like, well, you know, I like, I like helping people. I like giving back to people. And this is something that I would like to do. So I went back to school for massage and thought even then I was like, someday I would really like to open just like a small wellness clinic. I think originally I thought I would make it like a women's wellness clinic, but where they could like get a massage and take a bath, but also get a tarot spread done and, um, you know, like drink some tea or read the tea leaves when we're done. So kind of this all encompassing picture of wellness and, and wholeness. Um, and then, you know, we ended up moving out here and I took uh, a couple different jobs in other fields just to, you know, to make ends meet. Um, and I ended up working uh, as a teacher at a massage program out here in Oklahoma City. And that's where I met uh, one of my business partners who had also had uh, kind of the dream of opening her own small wellness clinic that offered yoga and massage. And I was like, well, dude, I wanted the same thing. Uh, around that time, I was actually contacted by a uh, a former coworker for the few years that I was working in the mental health uh, field who she, uh, she's a, um, she's a, a licensed counselor and she had just, uh, learned Reiki. She had just attained her Reiki, uh, master teacher certification. And she messaged me and said, Hey, would you be interested maybe, in, I don't know, trying to open up a small business with me doing just massage and counseling and Reiki. And I was like, funny story. All three of us should talk. Oh my. Uh, yeah, right? So, so like the stars aligned. You want to talk divine timing, like, oh you know. <laughs> um and everything just kind of fell into place with it. So the three of us just started meeting and kind of brainstorming like what would we call it? What would we want to include? How can we legally do this? I know more about I know more about like commercial zoning laws in Oklahoma City. So anyone who ever does trivia in OKC, if that's ever a category, give me a call. I'm your girl. Everything just just kind of fell into place. One of one of my business partners had someone uh, who wanted to be an angel investor for her. So we didn't even have to go through uh, a bank or the, the stress headache of trying to, to get a loan for three nice. people to open a business. And we've been so we've been open now about we just had our two year anniversary in October. 
so yeah, we, we've been, we've been going strong now for two years and they say, if you can survive, like, what is it? Your first year, you're probably in the clear <laughs> first year Something or two. Like <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but one, so we offer, we offer massage, um, since that is, uh, what one of my business partners and I both, both went to school for, we offer counseling. Um, we do offer right now we're offering private yoga classes, um, and I do offer more spiritual services such as tarot reading. Um, we offer Reiki. Uh, I offer crystal healing. Um, and I just recently started offering uh, house saining and, and smoke cleansing services. So and everything comes full circle, <laughs> which exactly. So, so again, just kind of, that's what I was talking about. Like being able to really blend um, my spirituality with my my work has been incredible because now now my work is my spirituality um and that's again i i I recommend it to anyone who can make it work make it work (laughs) oh absolutely i mean there is something incredibly satisfying about you know being able to do something that you love and Mm -hmm. that you are that you are deeply, deeply invested in, you know, not just as like, you know, oh, this is a thing. It's at the hobby that I love doing, although Mm -hmm. that's nice, but something that really speaks to the core of what you are. If you can make that a part of your living, you know, Mm -hmm. I I know they say, oh, do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. You know, do what you love and you will work every single day for the rest of your life. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. But you'll enjoy it and you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll, hopefully not feel so burnt out or disillusioned with the world because you love yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, you know, opening a business has been terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon the expression, but pants shittingly. So, <laughs> um, but you know, the other, the other thing, and again, you know, I know that, that, you know, I, I have been privileged to be able to do this is that I have also had an incredible amount of support, um, from my family here in Oklahoma city, from my husband and the people that we live with and are with, um, like an incredible amount of support from them. And without that, this would have been 10 times harder. And I don't know, especially this year with all the challenges that have hit us this year, Um, we moved this year during a pandemic. That was, um, uh, an incident. (laughs) That was a thing that happened as the kids say. (laughs) Um, but, um, if I didn't have them to come home to, I don't, I don't know if I would have made it this year. (laughs) Oh, that's, that is something that I think some people sometimes overlook is, uh, being able to come home to people who love and support you, no matter mm-hmm. how hard things are on the outside, sometimes that makes it all worthwhile to know that you're going to come home. Definitely. And everyone there is going to be like, hey, you know, maybe today was shit, but you are still an amazing person and we love you and we believe in you. And yep. I think not, not enough people in the world get that experience. So that, yeah. like you said, that, that is a blessing and I wish more people Absolutely. could experience it because it's wonderful. No, I agree. I mm-hmm. definitely agree. 
So how are things going with uh, with the business and the pandemic? And I see you guys have started like online services now. Yes, we um, so. Yeah, we were at the beginning of the year, we did choose, we actually opted to close voluntarily a week before the mandate to, to close all non-essential businesses. Smart. Um, yeah, well, we hadn't heard anything, but so we kind of, all three of us got together. Um, all three of us are immunocompromised in some way. So we thought, you know what, it would just be best to shut down for now and see what happens. And then, yeah, sure enough, a week later, um, the uh i know the the mayor i think we have a we have a really good mayor in oklahoma city uh mayor holt is pretty incredible um our governor you know but yeah the mandate came down to uh to close all non-essential businesses so we were closed through all of april and most of march if not all of march because i think i think we actually opted to close down the last week of february so yeah, so like two months and and a week of February, we were closed. Um, and again, that's you know, I I am extremely fortunate that I live with people who whose jobs weren't affected by the pandemic because they were either essential workers or um, or they work from home. Um, I actually do have a second job just doing transcription, so I was still bringing in some money doing that too. So, but, you know, one of my business partners, that was like her prime source of income. So, you know, it was just a really heavy, really stressful time. Um, our first location was, it was a very good first location. Um, but even, you know, so last year we actually had enough growth uh, that we were considering because we were supposed to have another year on the lease. Um, but then, of course, the pandemic hit. And we were, we were struggling to, to pay our rent there, um, trying, trying desperately to get some small business assistance. And of course, everyone who's a small business was, um, and I don't think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't need to go on and on about the lack of preparedness for what happened this year, but, you know, so that was a very stressful time and we kind of got together and we talked about like, okay, you know, like logistically what do we do should we close down for a while that's kind of where we came up with the online services uh so our counselor uh, obviously could offer telehealth uh so she could just kind of keep up with her clientele in general but obviously you can't do a massage online <laughs> um i might be a lot richer robots, if i could <laughs> robots are not quite there yet but soon not, not soon. yet someday <laughs> i i have faith um so I said, I was like, you know, at the very least, what I can do is, you know, I don't know if anyone will bite, but I can offer, um, yeah, I can offer tarot readings online. Um, that's really it. I guess I was like, I guess I could offer distance Reiki. I don't really, I, I am of the unpopular opinion. I don't really care for distance Reiki. I prefer that kind of one-on-one -on -one connection. Um, but I was like, I guess if anyone wants to bite on that, we could give that a shot. Um, so that's when we, yeah, that's when we moved to having some online services. And I also kind of expanded my repertoire as well. Um, I actually took a course, uh, in a, for, through a, an accredited UK school called center of excellence on numerology, um, and began offering numerology charts and astrology charts as well. 
just to again try and try and keep some capital <laughs> coming in to keep the business afloat as you know as much as we could. Um, so that's actually, I think that's mostly worked out for our counselor, but I have had a couple people take me up on the, the online readings. So, um, and when it looked like, so, so then we, we did, a, uh, get our small business loan. Yay. <laughs> um, and that actually, that was, that was fantastic. That was when we were like, okay, we're not going to have to close our doors. We never have to have that meeting. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, right. But we started, yeah, we started talking about like, okay, so this is what we have. This is what we need to allot it to. And we kind of already been thinking about, um, about moving anyway. Uh, again, the, the property was a good first location. It was also, it was like formerly a house. So it had kind of a weird layout. Um, it had some, some issues with the plumbing. So like the walls were kind of rotting. Oh. Uh, yeah, um, no. like from the inside, apparently, so, like it, it looked nice, but like, you, you know, um, that's, that doesn't sound like good energy for a healing. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and just, and it was just, it was in a, it was in a strange location too. Like it wasn't in a prime location to attract new customers. It was kind of on like, um, a corner that like, oh, we, we, had, we saw so many accidents the year and a half that we were there. Oh dear. Um, at that corner and same thing, like that's just energy that I don't want around when someone's trying to receive a massage or, you know, get mm -hmm. some Reiki done. Yeah. Um, so one of my business partners actually found our new location, uh, which is actually in, it's, it's in, um, an office building, which at first I was kind of like, I was kind of skeptic about that. I was like, that doesn't really feel like, but it's mostly medical professionals, so on the one hand, that definitely elevates us a little bit too, to be surrounded by, by medical professionals. Um, because I do, I mean, massage is an art and a science, and I do see it as a medical profession, especially my business partner and I, you know, who have worked very hard and learned new techniques in order to be able to provide um, medical massages. So really, I mean... There, there's no like overarching really governing board of massage in America and there should be. Um, but my business partner and I are a lot closer to the realm of being like physical therapists than what you would think of as just as like a masseuse. So um, the move ended up being really, really positive for us. Um, a lot of utilities uh, that we were paying are now included. And, you know, so we're saving actually a bunch of money. Uh, and it has, it has brought in a lot of new business to have a lot of foot traffic kind of, you know, going on around us. So despite everything, like, I think we're going to be okay. And it's kind of, it, feel, it feels a little weird sometimes to be that optimistic. Yeah. I mean, especially this year, but gosh, I hope you are. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of these days when it's safe to travel, damn it, I want to come visit you and I want to see this place because it sounds incredible. Oh, well, I'd love to have you. Definitely. Well, we need to like get together at some point when it's safe to travel again, just right. because, just because Seriously. of reasons. Yes. And I've, I've wanted to, you know, like travel west of the Mississippi mm -hmm. for a long time. And um, Oklahoma city is one of the stops that I wanted to make. You, you gotta come. It's <laughs> this, this isn't going to sound like a stellar endorsement, but you know, Oklahoma city is not that bad. <laughs> 
it's no it's as as a city it is actually a very neat city it was actually one of the first planned cities in america mm-hmm. yep. so unlike those of us who grew up in and around philadelphia um which is a a tangled ball of nightmare mess yeah that's as far as roads are concerned yeah everything here is on a grid so oh, even nice. i who get lost in a paper bag <laughs> can find my way around (laughs) and that hasn't changed thank you siri is the best thing that's ever happened to me i just gotta (laughs) say australian siri tells me what to do and i love it nice oh god i'm sorry i'm just picturing what it must say when when you get turned around somewhere uh redirecting for the fourth time pretty much (laughs) you you can hear you can kind of hear the edge in his voice but he's australian so he's still pretty relaxed and groovy he's like all right, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> that seems about right. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, I think that uh, we should start wrapping things up so that okay. uh, you can get off to your appointment this evening. But I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to stay on the line and chat a bit after the outro. Uh, <laughs> Jay, just real quick, why don't you tell the good folks out there where to find you on the interwebs and give us a plug for that clinic? Okay. Um, so if you're on social media at all, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Azalea Healing. Um, our website is uh, www.azaleahealing.com. Um, that's really the best way to, to get a look at what our services are. And uh, you can look at our prices. Um, and you can actually schedule appointments right through our website. So that, you know, that website is probably the most convenient way to find us. Uh, we are located at 5601 Northwest 72nd Street. Uh, we are Suite 106. And that is in War Acres, Oklahoma. I think if you put in Oklahoma City, it's the same address because, you know, but uh, War Acres will definitely get you there. Very, very cool. And I'll make sure that I put uh, links and everything in the show notes so that folks can uh, check out your services. You are amazing. Thank you. So remember, peeps, that's the Azalea House of Healing in War Acres, Oklahoma, or online at azaleahealing.com. There you go. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show. I am thanks so glad we got to catch up. This, this has been an absolute pleasure. This, yeah, absolutely. I am so glad that you asked me to be here. Yeah, and hopefully we'll we'll get to bring some people through your door because because folks Ooh. folks this lady is legit like <laughs> this this is my personal endorsement go and see her go and talk to her and her business partners if you you know need a place to go and talk to somebody you know Oklahoma City peeps go and see these people they are the real the real deal. Thank you so much, Bree. <laughs> All right. So until next time, folks, this is Bree and Jay reminding you to stay safe, keep wearing your mask, and take care of yourself. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Guerin on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.